Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, I'm Tam. Hey, hey. And he is Kenny. That's right. As in Front Row Kenny on Twitter. We have a special guest. That's three weeks in a row. So I, you know what? We're going to stop calling Kenny a special guest because he is like our, like if you watch an ESPN or a Fox, he's like our resident NASCAR can we call you a historian? You're so young. I know. Right? <laughs> is that a fair? Is um, that fair, Kenny? Yeah, I think that's fair. I like NASCAR history. You know, you know me. Me and you talk about it all the time. Like some of the craziest things that have happened in history and how they're looking at today. So I don't think it's a bad term, even though I'm like young. But yeah, it'll work, I think. Okay, well, we got to get Kenny while we can because pretty soon I'm putting positive vibes in the air. Pretty soon, hopefully. Well, no, not hopefully. Kenny will be working for NASCAR. I'm putting that in the air because that's been his lifelong dream. Awesome. And I know it's going to happen and he won't be able to come on the podcast. So we're going to get him while we can to talk some NASCAR. So really quickly, the World Cup happened. It was Croatia versus France. Yep. Renee, who did you pick? Did you do like everybody else and pick the Croatia because they're the party city? Like what? What happened? Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you this because Tam, me and you quickly touched on it off air. But anybody that you know that has either been to Croatia, whether on vacation or mostly to party, like myself, <laughs> I went with Croatia. Now, I have been to France, but my France experience, it wasn't as good as my Croatian experience. So I was going for Croatia all the way. How about you, Tam? I didn't care one way or the other because I woke up early enough to watch it. Next thing I know, it already happened. I just saw people on Twitter talking about it. I can't really say I'm a fan of France. Actually, Paris is my least favorite city in the entire world. And that's saying a lot because I think I've been to like 50 or 60 countries. I don't know. I stopped counting at some point. But yeah, no. <laughs> but what I did catch was that match with Serena and I hate to say it like this, but I don't really feel as if the girl she was playing against, Kerber was her name. I don't feel like she defeated Serena. I felt like Serena defeated herself. Kenny, did you watch the tennis match? Did you watch the soccer or football World Cup, however you call it? <laughs> I did not catch the tennis match, but I did catch the World Cup game this morning. I surprisingly woke up pretty early. I was traveling from Birmingham at an event for Talladega this past weekend called the Deer Expo. So when I came home, I went straight to sleep. And I'm surprised I woke up because I was dead tired from the past week and a half or so from traveling back and forth from Daytona to Alabama and then getting back home and then going straight to Birmingham. It's been a conundrum. But the World Cup was really good. I was going for France because of Mbappe, really young player and probably one of those generational players that you'll actually get to see grow. Just 19 years old, it's kind of crazy how he's got a World Cup in his yeah. hands. Definitely Messi, Ronaldo-esque type player for Yo, sure. definitely. Yeah, you're definitely going to see a lot from that kid. I can't contribute <laughs> anything to this conversation. But what I can contribute to is some NASCAR talk. Let's do it. I mean, hey, that's Woo-hoo. what we're here for. So let's jump in. For our new listeners, 
Well, you know, I feel like, well, we always have to address the new listeners, but our veterans, our friends to the show, you already know, we give you the top 10 from the last race. And for our new listeners, if you just so happen stumbled upon this podcast, or if you found us on Twitter, welcome, or on Facebook or Instagram for that matter, welcome. This is how we do things. Usually at the beginning of the show, we give you the top 10 from the weekend's race. So you have an idea of what happened and what we're going to talk about. So on that note, our top 10 from Kentucky were Martin Truex Jr., who won the race, Ryan Blaney, who came in second, Brad Keselowski, third, Kyle Busch, fourth, Kevin Harvick, fifth, Kurt Busch, sixth, Eric Jones, seventh, Eric Amarola, eighth, Kyle Larson, ninth, and Joy Logano rounded out our top 10. Notables. I didn't really feel that it was any notables because we're going to talk about what I really felt about the race in a second and as well as get you guys' opinions. But I did want to point out the fact that your boys, the Hendrick team, Chase came in 13th, Jimmy Johnson 14th, William Byron 20th, and Alex Bowman, who actually started his 100 race, 39th. Wow. I don't know. I I don't even want to dissect what's going on with Hendrick, especially considering we're coming off the news that Chad Knauss, Jimmy Johnson's crew chief, signed a two-year extension, which to me indicates that Jimmy Johnson is probably only going to race two more years. Right. That's the way I took it. But hey, regardless if he races to the end of this season or for two more, that whole Hendrick team, not a single driver in the top 10? Like, what's going on? I thought that was completely bizarre. And Kenny, I know we agree on a lot of things, so I don't see why this is going to start a trend of not agreeing on things. But I thought that that was probably one of those most bizarre things this past weekend, that that entire team finished in the manner that they did. Because you look at all of those guys and you go, somebody's going to finish in the top five. Three of them are going to... Well, no. Okay. I'm going to have to cut you off, Renee. I'm sorry, but not the top five. The team is S-H-I-T. That's true. Maybe the top 10. And I don't really find it bizarre, so I'm going to have to disagree with you. Sorry to kind of just attack you, but... And a fair statement. I guess maybe because I'm looking at the name and I'm not really looking at how they have been racing because you're right, they, have been, they haven't been racing very well and they haven't been finishing very well. I guess maybe I'm just looking at the name and we're so used to seeing them finish in that manner that it's surprising to me. But maybe it, it, maybe it's not surprising, but we're so used to seeing those names finishing in those positions that that's, I guess maybe that's why I'm saying it's so bizarre. Kenny, you have anything to add to that? Like, how do you feel about it? Or do, should we even feel any kind of way? It's just the norm now for them. Yeah, it's been like that this whole season. It's kind of crazy how things have really, sh- like a real power shift. And we've seen this throughout the sport. Remember at a time, Ralph Fenway, Nat- well, now Ralph Fenway was one of the most dominating teams in NASCAR. Had a four-car team. Now they're down to two cars. They're not doing as well. Hendrick still has a four-car team, but they've struggled. And I don't know if it's just the Chevy deal like we've all been talking about all season long. And you got to think about it. We're at the halfway point now. This is the long summer. Well, it's almost over once you think about it. But the long summer that we're in right now, this is supposed to be the time where they wake up and they get themselves together because, well, look at it. Indianapolis is very close. It's closer than we think it is. Before you know it, it'll be Labor Day weekend, and then we're going to Indy, and then boom, 
we've got the playoffs. I'm not sure if they're going to turn it on by then, but it seems like they've continued to struggle, but there's been like subtle improvements from race to race. I remember Chase saying something to Presser that they have something apparently with some upgrades that they have on those cars that's supposed to make them better as they progress on throughout the rest of the summer. But I'm not sure what's going to happen with Hendrick this year. It's just been so odd to see them struggle as much as it has been. And Kyle Larson himself has been the only Chevy, for some reason, has got something right. Everybody else seems to be behind the curve. I'm not sure exactly what it is, whether it's the aero department, the engine department, the pit crew, which is a very underrated thing and I think is something that takes part of what's going on right now to them having trouble. So who knows exactly, but I hope they get it back together. I feel like they have the talent, just like you said, Renee, based on names. You look at Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman. They have talent. William Byron, they have the talent there, but it just seems like it just hasn't clicked is what we would think it would at this point in the season. Okay. Going back, I guess, digging a little deeper into the race itself. Personally, I was not engaged in the race. It was on. I was sitting in front of the TV. I had a hard time concentrating on the race. I zoomed out. I tuned out. I did everything but passed out. I just did not care about the race. Nothing about the race drew me in. I even tweeted from our Twitter account after the race. And for those who don't know our Twitter account, get with it. Our user is turns no breaks. That's at turns no breaks. I tweeted to sum up the race. The highlight of the race was J.J. Yeely not wanting to get out the car after he hit the wall and having that whole bizarre. Now, that was what was bizarre. The conversation with him and NASCAR, he just refused to get out the car after hitting the wall. And then the sprinklers came on (laughs) during the race. And this was the second (laughs) night in a row because they came on the night before. The sprinklers came on and wet up pit road. Did everybody just laugh when those sprinklers came on? I mean, it was just the most bizarre thing. Luckily, it was only like 50 laps. It was less than 50 laps to go. So it wasn't too much of an issue with cars coming on pit road. But it was just like, really? You have one job. Turn off the timer on the sprinklers. So that was the second thing. And then the other thing was how Truex Jr., after he won yet another race, was standing on the the door of the car celebrating, and the car starts rolling. Aside from that, I can't really tell you anything that happened during the race because I felt it was uneventful. I can tell you what happened before the race because, of course, we're going to dive into the Kyle Busch and Stenhouse Jr. drama that's still going on. But, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you can chime in. I don't know if this is a product of the big three. Is this happening where we're tuning out because we are... Somebody actually tweeted that to us and was like, well, it's hard to be enthused when there's only three guys winning. I don't really feel that way only because you don't know who's going to win. But it did become apparent that it was going to be somebody in the big three and it was Truex Jr. Yeah. And you know what? It it certainly seemed that way. And uh, Tam and Kenny, I was doing laundry the entire time and uh, (laughs) I was only going to do one load. And then halfway into that race, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do another load. (laughs) Just... (laughs) And other than the points that Tam pointed out about the sprinklers and then Truex on the car celebrating and the car starts rolling. I mean, it was funny, but that was probably the highlight. And then, and she's right. I have to agree with Tam. 
the only other thing that I thought was exciting was the Kyle Busch and, and, and the Stenhouse uh, thing that happened before the race. And what a disappointment for Stenhouse, who finished 26. I mean, if you're going to talk to talk, try to do whatever you can to finish the race in a, in a decent manner. But and maybe it's not all of his fault. But you know what? As far as the race is concerned, I, I went ahead and just did another load. <laughs> that was funny. Um, For me, for me, I didn't get a chance to watch the race on TV. I was listening to it on the radio this past weekend. So I didn't really get the full effect. I heard the commentators talk about it on the race and every about the race and everything via radio, but I also checked out my Twitter timeline after the race and a lot of people were pissed. And going back to what you said, Tam, about maybe this is a product of the big three. I don't know about that. See, my thing is with that, everyone wants to holler for parody. For some reason, that's been a trend for just about every sport I watch. Everyone wants parody. Parody this, parody that. Parody itself doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have a better season. It's going to be fantastic. You can have 12 winners in a season. The season could still be dry in its own way. It's possible. It can be done in certain fashions. It can be done in different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean that having 20 different winners so far at this point in the season or something like some crazy like that will make it a better season. I don't believe that. I feel like what makes it a good season is having a competitive points battle. And I think without the playoffs, if you go look at the points, it's actually it's a decent chase for the championship it's just you eliminate the playoffs you got a good one but i don't think we're gonna ever see a time where it's just gonna be always a bunch of different winners always this that and the third and i don't think that's their fault i think this is also a product of the half mile tracks and the air being so aero dependent once somebody is out in clean air they're gone does not matter what you do you are gone so that's part of partially on the tracks and i think with Kentucky, when they reconfigured, I think what they should have done instead of, you know, making everything more tight, maybe reconfiguring itself to a one mile track and then maybe trying to experiment that way for the sake of these cars and for the sake of error and what we have learned today. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to at Kentucky. Well, I will tell you this. I am not the mile and a half try ovals don't get me excited like that i'm being honest like i was like oh kentucky mile and a half uh, what it is what it is (laughs) i was excited before the race because cal bush was talking crap and then ricky stenhouse jumped in and was talking crap and then cal petty jumped in and he had what said something that people didn't necessarily agree with. So I was actually hyped. I mean, I at the start of the race, I was like, okay. I was waiting on a little Brad Kozlowski payback from Daytona. <laughs> and then it just fizzled. I, like, to the point where I have not been that tuned out in a long time. And I'm sure all you guys know what happened. But just because I felt it was exciting, I'm going to give you guys a recap. And then I'm actually going to do our fan comment of the week a little bit early because I want to read off some of the comments to the controversy that was going on. Just to kind of rehash, Kyle Busch did not volunteer this information, but the media poked and he responded to a question, which somebody asked him, has Ricky Stenhouse reached out to him, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., And he said he did not reach out. He went on to say, and this is only because the journalists kind of poked him, for lack of a better word. He said, I am disappointed that he did not. He wiped out half the field. I was pretty sure it'll be a pretty busy Monday for him. There wasn't. So apparently he just doesn't care. Now, once he got wind of those words, as in Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ricky Stenhouse Jr., responded with a whole lot to say 
Because actually, if you were able to catch it, he went up to Bush, as in Kyle Bush, while he was sitting in his car doing qualifying and put his head in and he was yip-yapping. He had a bunch to say. Although, honestly, I felt like he didn't say that much compared to when the media asked him what he said. He had this whole, basically, I told him to shut up. I'm paraphrasing. That's not what he said. But he did tell him what his exact words was. I felt like he ran his mouth enough. And, you know, he pretty much told him he'll help him close his mouth if need be. Based on what I saw, it didn't look like Stenhouse said all that. And based on Kyle Bush's reaction sitting in the car, now mind you, Kyle Bush couldn't do much because he was strapped in to his Hans device and he was actually looks like he was on an iPad or something taking some notes. He couldn't do much. But based on his reaction and based on the lip movement, I don't believe that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. said everything he said he said. I don't know. That's just me. But to drag it a little bit further, of course, Kyle Petty had to chime in and Kyle Petty said that he believed, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but this is pretty much what he said. He believed that NASCAR needed to step in the Kyle Busch and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. feud. Of course, that started a Twitter storm because people were tweeting at Kyle Petty telling him how they felt and what is the STFU as in shut the you know what up. When we post a question asking people did they agree or disagree with Kyle Petty, we got a lot of answers. In fact, you know, we got we got a, a meme with people saying nah, which I thought was funny. And you know what meme I'm talking about, Kenny. I don't want to say who, but yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and let's see. K Pack, his user is K Pack nine four zero five four eight two one. I'm curious to know what those numbers stand for because it's not a phone number and it's too many digits to be a zip code. But he said, and he wrote in all caps, disagree, wholeheartedly disagree. And Dagamom chimed in and her user is Pixie Doodle. And that's Pixie with two X's. She chimed in and said, not worth the bother. And then a good friend to the show, Larry Lee, user LBLEE58, he chimed in and said, what feud? It's nothing but words. If they tangle on the track, that's when NASCAR should get involved because it may affect other cars slash teams. Maybe NASCAR should put a muzzle on Kyle Petty. Ouch. And I'm reading these at random. I'll just pick two more. James Powell, user at JF Powell number three. He says, I remember the old days when NASCAR used to police attendance fell off. No one really watched. Would hate to see that again. Yeah, I don't know if NASCAR should. This is like, I mean, really, you're going to bring in the police? This, that's, that's definitely old school. Ain't nothing going on now where NASCAR needs to bring in the police. And actually, I'll read this <laughs> other comment. And this is from Donnie S., who's also a friend to the show. And his user on Twitter is at the Dingo Dude. He says, I'd be more worried about Kozlowski based on his post-race comments last weekend. And I mentioned that, yeah, Kozlowski, he had a lot to say, but I've also said this about Kozlowski. Kozlowski is a SAT taker, not a fighter. Ouch. I don't know. Wait, should I say ouch? Because I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's not a jab. That's just saying that he's a really smart guy. He's not a fighter. Instead of saying he's not a lover, he's a fighter, right? He's not a fighter. He's a lover. I just said he's an SAT taker versus a fighter because he's a really smart, thought out, 
type of guy. Like he thinks things through. So I can't really see him retaliating. He'll respond with some sarcasm than anything else, but he's not the guy that's going to go over there and just rough you up. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he's not going to do a Kevin Harvick, a Tony Stewart, oh, totally. a Kyle Busch. No, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah, he's not that guy. He's the guy that will say some intelligent things to hurt your feeling. <laughs> That's pretty much that. I don't know. If anybody want to chime in, the fans have spoken. Most fans, and I picked some comments at random, but let me just tell you, we had, believe there were like 37 comments to that. We had 37 comments. A list list of comments for that. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) a a lot of them were shut the hell up to Cal Petty. I'm not going to touch those because. For our new listeners, you'll know, we tell it like it is, but we're not very, we don't stir the pot. Right. Well, I guess maybe I do stir the pot. I don't know. But I don't, I don't stir it in that direction. How about that? Right. (laughs) It stirs it counterclockwise. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to share your thoughts on that. Do we move on? Do you guys care? It is what it is. It was a straight up deal, I think, with um, Kyle Petty. He just said what he had to say. However, I don't think it was a situation where that's like called for. It's not a bring bring these guys to the hall of situation. Like they're wrecking each other every single week. It's it was just some words, and so far nothing has happened from it. So I don't see why NASCAR need to step in at this point. Absolutely, I'm in the same boat. I mean, you know, let's just let that handle, let that play out old school style, and just nobody needs to interfere with that. It, it, I mean, it's it's basically from what we know from NASCAR and what we've seen, way worse than this. I mean, this is nothing. So just let it play out the way it's going to play out, and just let it handle it the way it handles. Sounds like a plan. I don't remember what Dell Jr. had to say about it. I know he chimed in. I forgot exactly what he had to say. Can't remember what he, he had to say about it either. I, I don't recall what it was. Well, I mean, he's doing a great job in the booth. Yeah, you know what? He is. And uh, and, yeah. I, and I know we're going to get to that in a minute. Well, we can get to it now. So <laughs> I can go run into it if you'd like. Let's talk about some Dell Jr. Kenny and Tam, and when I'll get your thoughts here in a minute. First of all, let me just say that NBC Sports is going to try something different. They're going to go with an all-analyst lineup, and it's going to be headlined by Dale Jr., which I think is actually fantastic. Uh, I I can't wait for this. It's a three-analyst for next week's uh, NASCAR Cup race in New Hampshire. It's going to be featuring Dale Jr., who is going to be the focal point, Jeff Burton, and Steve Letart. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Out of all of those three, and I know Dale Jr. is like the main one, but I love Jeff Burton. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what it is about Jeff Burton, but I love this guy. Those three are going to be the main guys in the booth at the Magic Mile. Do you guys like the way they had it where it was a four announcer type thing where it was just kind of like a everybody just crammed up in the booth? Or do you just are you guys just like it at just three announcers? I don't know. You tell me. Um, I don't think it's a bad deal. I don't mind the four announcers in the booth. But what I will say is for next week or for this weekend coming up at the Magic Mile, I think that's a perfect place to try that out. Doesn't necessarily produce the greatest race in the world. It's not my favorite one on the schedule. So I think having something like this is perfect. I think NBC must know that (laughs) according to the fans (laughs) and what they say. They have to know that because I didn't see this coming. So I think having those guys, having three analysts in the booth, it's going to be something to mix it up. And they also get along pretty well compared to the Fox crew. I think they get along much better. So I think it'll be good. It'll be something different, something I'll look forward to listening to and watching the race for sure. How about you, Tam? I don't really care one way or the other, to be honest. I just know that (laughs) 
Dale Jr. is doing a good job in the booth. And I do like Burton. But Loudon is not a track that I'm in love with either in terms of the quality of racing that happens. Something has to be better than this past week. That's all I'm going to say on that. And you know what? I think Kenny hit it right on the head because... I think they knew that because of this race coming up, I think they had to change this up to go down to the three analysts. I think it's a great thing. And the funny thing is, is that you look at Dale Jr. and you look at the last couple of times that he's been on. And the first race was so easy. It was easy for him to call. The second one, you know, it was kind of like in between. But I really do enjoy watching Dale Jr. There there are some things that you, you kind of look and maybe because we're overanalyzing him. I don't know about Kenny and you either, Tam, but I maybe sometimes... I'm watching him and I'm over like analyzing how he talks, how he carries himself, maybe because it's Dale Jr. And I know it's his, it's his first time being in the booth outside of the racetrack. But there are things that I, I see and that I'm watching and I'm going, okay, you know, he could work on this a little bit. He could work on that. In this particular instance, he's doing fantastic. And, but I think that's just me just being critical of Dale Jr. And not in a bad way. I think it's just something that I just do out of you know, just of habit because I'm a fan of his uh, and I want him to do well. Trust me, I, I do want him to do well. And I'm sure NASCAR fans want him to do well. And, and you know, his fans want him to do well, which also leads me to another question about Dale Jr. that was brought up over the weekend. In the Charlotte Observer, there was an article written about Dale Jr. outside of the track. And now that he's in the booth about who his fans are root for. Now, there are some diehard 88 fans that are just going to go with 88. So Alex Bowman being in the 88, they're just they're just automatically going to be fans of Dale Jr. They're going to be fans of Alex Bowman. But there are a lot of fans who are Dale Jr. fans and they, they were asked, who do you root for? There were also a handful of fans that said that Chase Elliott was their favorite. Now that Dale Jr. has decided to retire, I don't have a problem with that at all. To be honest with you, I like Chase Elliott. I mean, we've had this conversation before. Now, as a matter of fact, I think, Kenny, you, you've you been on the podcast at the same time when we talked about, uh, you know, Chase Elliott being maybe possibly that next face of NASCAR. Are we still in agreement with this or, or have you changed in your mind? No, I think I'm about the same on that. I think he's definitely one of them now that we have like this bevy of young drivers that we're trying to really push for. I think he's going to be one of the front runners. I even think right now, even if he doesn't make the playoffs at this point, I think a big turning point would be a big turning point. His career would be to win somewhere where he's very well known, like a Talladega or an Atlanta. You give you let him win at a place like that. I think it'll boost that for him so hopefully that happens for him but we'll have to see how that goes but same thing like you said just talking about the fans who are were big fans of Dale Jr. and now he's transitioned to the booth I think those fans are still tuned in to some degree some may or may not but I think it's a good thing to have him around and I feel like he's just going to continue to blossom and grow into that type of person to be a broadcaster I feel like he's progressively gotten better race to race I feel like in Chicagoland that was a good start around the midway towards the end of the cup race he started to get better he did really good at Daytona it's really good there I didn't hear Kentucky I'm not sure how that was people said it was still fine so I think that's something that'll continue to grow for him and his fan base as time moves on we shall see we shall see on another note we're not going to spend too much time on this but I did want to give a shout out to NASCAR for their coverage of Davy Allison is not, it wasn't a, a terrible amount on TV, but if you head over to NASCAR.com, they've actually done a great job in sharing some compelling stories about Davy. 
Kenny, did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah. And you know what? The thing is, I'm really appreciative of this and NASCAR doing this because after I watched a documentary on the 1992 season, I definitely said to myself, if Davey Allison was still around, I probably would have been one of his biggest fans, 100%. I feel like he, judging by the stories and everything and all all of what's happened in his career, I feel like he was a great person, just as himself. He was a very laid-back guy, understood the sport very well, loved it, and was just a All-American badass. He gave it his all every weekend. He would wreck every single weekend. Come back, win, wreck, win. Even if he was hurt, you know, it was really cool that they, they went out and did that documentary again on him, kind of highlighting a little bit more of a personal side of Davey, especially on the fact when he's, you know, giving his organs to different people. And it actually helped a few people live a couple more years longer. And I think that's something that you won't really hear very often of, of people. You don't get to hear those stories all the time. So I think it was really cool for them to take a deep dive in that. Even some of the stuff his his wife has found over the years, like his like his um credential from nine from the ninety three season, finding things like that. His son has found his hat that he really was fond of. He apparently Davey had a really, really, really big passion for hats. So I think it was a really cool thing that a lot of younger NASCAR fans definitely need to see and even a good a good memory for those who have been around for a long time. So I'm really happy that they did that. You know, almost shed a tear watching it. So it was really good. I think it was a great sentimental video that they put out. Okay, well, I think it is time for our past 10 winners. So it's time for some predictions. Oh, one yeah. other thing, because I know Kenny is a huge fan of dirt racing. We're at Eldora this week. So I think the Eldora will balance out with New Hampshire. So prior to the week, <laughs> we're in Eldora racing on dirt and everybody's hyped. But the sad thing is they may be hyped and then let down for New Hampshire. But nonetheless, we're in Eldora. Well, not the NASCAR Cup Series, but yeah, you guys know. Kenny, you know. Right. (laughs) Yeah, the Truck Series, I'm always glad for them to go to Eldora. I think it's going to be a great show as usual. Every single year so far, it's been so much fun. It's just a great time in the middle of the week. Most of the time, nobody has anything to do. At home during the summer. Might as well kick back, have a drink, watch the race. Yeah. It's a perfect time. I'm definitely looking forward to Eldora. Definitely will be tweeting about it. <laughs> Should be a really fun time. I'm I'm always fond of this on the schedule, especially since the fact that it comes right before New Hampshire. So yeah, you'll have an exciting race this week. Definitely make sure you guys tune in. It's going to be a really good one. I don't know how big of a dirt fan everyone else is, but over the years... I've kind of grown more and more appreciative of dirt racing. It's a great show. And it's also going to be the one live dirt race that we'll actually have on TV for NASCAR, that is, this year. Because the K&N during the weekend of Las Vegas will also be out at the dirt track in Las Vegas. I wish that was live streamed, honestly. Like, I don't think people understand how good dirt racing can become. It can really change the whole dynamic of it. It really kind of somewhat throws away the element, okay, you got a good, you have a good ride. So automatically... You should win. Well, no. Dirt racing is kind of a very, very different type of race on a technical aspect. You really have to get things right. You have to be able to know where the best line is. You have to get up against the cushion at the top of the track. You have to know where you need to be in order to beat somebody. So that's a th- that's what I like about dirt racing. It really does have way more dri- driver skill 
than mechanic than just just off the raw fact that there's great mechanical skill in the car, you know. So it's gonna be a good mix up. So if you don't even like dirt racing, I think this is the one time of the year I would recommend anybody to watch it. Well, I won't be watching because well, no, maybe I will watch. We've had this conversation <laughs> off air. It's I love NASCAR. I double and dabble with a little Formula One and a little Indy car. But the reality is, is that I probably, you know, I, I'm more into luxury cars and Lambos and Ferraris. Like, yeah, I can tell you what's going on every year for the Ferrari, Manelli, Finelli, that kind of stuff, because <laughs> I like those kind of cars. Trucks and dirt. And don't crucify me, because I know we have some diehard fans that are listening, and their ears are, like, on fire. Because Tam yeah. is like, what? <laughs> I'm from California. I don't roll around in the dirt like that. No yeah, disrespect. And I, and I, you know, don't get me wrong. I can enjoy all racing, all forms of racing, but you know, Hey, it is what it is. Okay. It's just not your favorite. That's all, you you know, on that note, let's jump into some predictions at Loudon as in New Hampshire. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Let's let Kenny give us his predictions. Renee will give his predictions and then i'll chime in and tell you what i think kenny who you got all right so we're at the magic mile this weekend usually a place where joe gibbs tends to strive most of the time i feel like they've won the last few races or so there in new hampshire so i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna pick denny hamlin a driver from gibbs that definitely needs a win right now for sure and my alternative pick It'll be Eric Jones. That 20 car has won there a couple times. So I think Eric Jones might just find that same magic that Matt Kenseth has found at the Magic Mile this upcoming weekend. That is some really good picks right there. Gosh, dog. And uh, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you said everything but gee golly. Oh, why? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> darn it. We're from California. Well, you're from Texas, but you live in California enough to know that gosh darn it is just not in our vocabulary. So hit me I'm- with some... <laughs> Damn, those are some good picks. I know. Not no, gee, golly, wash. And you know, there's probably some listeners going, "What? What? Wait a minute! Did he just say gosh darn?" <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I've been thinking almost the whole time. I'm thinking, boy, should I go with Denny Hamlin or should I not go with Denny Hamlin? And I'm sitting there, and then you come out with Denny Hamlin. I'm like, oh, God. I was like, me and Kenny are going through this again. Here we go. It's like we're long-lost twins and that we don't know it. I tell you what, though, before we even started the podcast, I'm sitting there thinking about my predictions, and I'm going, you know what? I'm trying to look back and trying to see exactly who I really, really thought might have some momentum a little bit more than than the other. And I know I've been going on this trip about maybe picking the big three or Truex and Harvick and Kyle Busch, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say, because we, we're we coming down to crunch time, I'm going to go with Brad Kislowski as my winner. And I think just because of what had transpired uh, a couple of weeks ago with the whole Stenhouse and then how he was mad and how he was just kind of just rattling off at the mouth, I just felt it just lit a fire underneath him. He finished third. I thought that was a kind of like just kind of stood out in my head. And I did want to go with Danny Hamlin. I know he's just as desperate as Kislowski and, and a lot of these other drivers. But I'm going to go with Kislowski to win this race. And, and my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with Denny Hamlin because I feel like, just like Kenny said a few minutes ago, I think he knows it's crunch time. He knows it's kind of desperation time where he needs to drive well. But so does Kislowski. And I just feel like Kislowski has a little bit more momentum going in. 
and a little bit of more fire going in than Denny Hamlin. That's no disrespect to Denny Hamlin because I really do think that Denny Hamlin could pull this win off. But I'm going to go with Kislowski as my winner. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin as my alternative pick. Those are my picks, Tams. Those are my picks, Kenny, and I'm going to stick with them. Okay, so we have Kenny's pick. We have Renee's pick. You guys both seem to think that Denny Hamlin is going to show up. And now I'm going to show out as and give you the past 10 winners and show you how to really pick them. Past 10 winners in Loudon, New Hampshire. We have been racing in New Hampshire since 1993. The NASCAR Cup Series rolls into Loudon two times a year. The past 10 winners that I'm about to read off are actually the past 10 winners for the first race each year in New Hampshire. 2008, Kurt Busch took the checkered flag. 2009, Joey Logano. 2010, Jimmy Johnson. 2011, Ryan Newman. 2012, Casey Kane. 2013, Brian Vickers. We don't say that name very often. 2014, Brad Kozlowski. 2015, Kyle Busch. 2016, Matt Kinsett. And 2017, we had Denny Hamlin. So Denny Hamlin won last year in New Hampshire. Notables. We have, let's see, we have six drivers, six active drivers who have all won three times in New Hampshire. Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, Matt Kenseth, and Ryan Newman are three-time winners in New Hampshire. Harvick, as in Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, and Joy Logano, each of those guys have won twice in New Hampshire. <sighs> My man, Matt Kenseth. I'm happy he's back, but I'm not happy in the sense that he's become like a mute point. They don't even say his name ever. I don't recall them saying his name this week in Kentucky, and I don't recall his name being called last week in Daytona or a week before Out of sight, out of mind. Isn't that what they say? But the thing (laughs) is, is that he did. He finished, I believe, in Daytona on the lead lap. Or maybe oh Bane Bane was in the car last uh last weekend oh! in Daytona and then he just got back in this weekend. That's what it is. Okay, so if you listen to the the podcast last week, forgive me uh, because I did say his name last week. No, you sure he was in the car? Yeah, yeah, because I know Kenseth was I know Kenseth was this week. I know Bane was last week. But then again, the only problem I'm gonna say this real quick. The only problem with the car is what we don't hear his name is because well, the, oh, the car is not very S-H-I-T. good. Yeah. <laughs> And it seems like, well, it's not just Bane, apparently. It's obviously a little bit of a little bit of everything at the moment. So hopefully they Wait, figure are that you out. Sure? I feel bad I for Kenseth. Because I yeah. feel like I've read the yeah, name I'm, I'm directly sure Bane from was the in website. There. So maybe somebody on the website got it wrong and put Matt Kenseth. Maybe so, because I could have sworn Bane was in that car last weekend. Because I, I could have sworn I okay, seen him. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not going to go yeah, on go. and on. But I do want to say that... <laughs> He was in the car for Kentucky, correct? Yeah, Kenseth was in the car for Kentucky. I'm pretty sure of that. In Kentucky, the number 20 car, no matter who it was, who was in the driver's seat, it came in P19. I believe it was Matt Kenseth. And Matt Kenseth, I brought that up because I just wanted to say Matt Kenseth has raced 36 races at New Hampshire. And the closest to those 36 races are Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick, who each have raced 34 times at New Hampshire. Okay, so on that note, who am I picking? 
I am actually going to go with, I don't think that I want to go with Denny as my alternative or my pick. I'm going to go with Harvick and Kyle Busch. So I'm going with Harvick for his sixth win of the season. And I'm going with Kyle Busch as my alternative to get his sixth win of the season. And those are my picks. Aha. So there you have it. Tam's got her picks. Kenny's got his picks. I've got my picks. Where are your picks? Hit us up on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. Let us know who your picks are. And before we close out, Kenny, I want to thank you again so much for coming on. I want to thank Tam for always reaching out to you and bringing you on. It's just a it's just a, a fantastic time when you come on. I love when you come on. We, we love your insight. We love your input. Just your point of view is just amazing and, and the energy that you bring to our podcast. I hope our listeners enjoy you just as much as we do. I'm sure they do. Please find Kenny on social media. Follow him. He's such a a great, great individual to follow. He's got such great insight to all the races and to other things more than that. Kenny, thank you from Tam and myself. I really do want to thank you for coming on. If you have any last words you'd like to say, please tell the people where they can find you. For our new listeners who don't know, please give a shout out for yourself. Yeah, just once again, just thank you guys for always bringing me on here. It's always a good time. It's always a fun one. When we get together, it seems like anytime we get on here, if we want to do 30 minutes, we're almost doing an hour. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but um, just go ahead and give me a follow at Front Row Kenny. I also have a podcast called The Provisional Podcast. I do it on a weekly basis, just like All Turns No Breaks does. Hope you guys enjoy my insight on, on here and also my insight on Twitter. Make sure you guys give me a follow. That's really all I got for you. But thank you guys again for bringing me on. No problem. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Please, guys, hit the subscribe button. That way you never, ever miss an episode of All Turns No Breaks. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have friends that love NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as Kenny, Tam, and myself do, make sure to turn them on to All Turns No Breaks. Tell at least two friends to subscribe. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Turns No Break for Tam, for Kenny, and myself. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to talking NASCAR next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Ooh, see ya. We got to see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 